0: Welcome to the Bad Tootie's Podcast. If you're here for the newest, up-to-date, accurate information on the nerdy topics that are near and dear to your heart, well, let me tell you, you ended up in the wrong place. Here, we're all about hot takes and grandiose displays of misinformation. So stick along for the ride, and you might just blow a blood vessel or two. So, Ian, you're more than a fan of those games where you have to do repetitive tasks to get to that quote-unquote end-game contact. I'm talking OSRS, old-school RuneScape, mm-hmm. and the MMORPG from British gaming company Jagex, RuneScape. Uh, today I'm not going to talk about any of those. I have been
1: accused of these things.
0: I'm only going to talk about the game that I care about in this uh, sort of category or genre of games, and that's Monster Hunter. Uh now really monster hunter is a series of games and one that i have played for a very long time Uh, for me Mm. i started on my psp with freedom unite and that is uh a game in the second generation of monster hunter uh and it's the third released game of that generation so uh, monster hunter one was originally released in 2004 for the playstation 2 and then you got monster hunter 1g um which was basically DLC uh, for monster hunter one monster hunter two came out also on the PlayStation two. And then we got on the PSP uh, monster hunter freedom. Um, Then we got monster hunter freedom unite. And that was my first game that I played a lot of. I actually, I actually got into freedom unite after the release of monster hunter try. And, uh, Monster Hunter Try is the first game in the third generation. And, you know, there's been many games since, and we're now on our fifth generation of Monster Hunter games. Uh, and those would be Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter Rise, as well as mm-hmm. Iceborne and Sunbreak, which are the expansions or title updates to those games. Uh, but today, I don't want to give any thoughts on the gameplay or the games themselves um why i love rise so much uh or any of that i want to talk about the actual world of monster hunter not the game monster hunter world uh and i want to i want to bring to light the amazing creation myth of monster hunter as well as all of the history prior to the games briefly summed up
1: i am very excited for that because uh you might say this in a second anyone that plays monster hunter knows that the lore doesn't matter at all but that doesn't mean that it can't be good so i'm excited to learn it just because i uh never got into it myself and i i would like to give a brief uh qualifications of my own monster hunter playing as well i technically technically started with try you I believe, when I borrowed it from a friend for the PSP and uh, immediately went into the hub quests instead of doing the solo missions, and neither of us could figure out why that game is so fucking hard, and then we never played it again. Wait, Try you
0: was um, only for 3DS? I think you probably played like Freedom or Freedom 2 or Freedom Unite? It
1: it may have been. It was so long ago, and we didn't play it enough to... uh, really remember it starts off in the snowy village oh yeah that would be that would be
0: one of the freedom games from the second generation okay
1: i always thought it was try i was never sure um mostly because like i said i don't own it and then i got into it playing for you with you and a couple of our friends in high school and yeah i think i've played i think i've played all of them since
0: Probably I not believe. one and two. I'd say, and yeah, one G. No,
1: all all of all of them. All of the release titles you since then. I understand. Up. Okay. Yes, um, I might I might have missed one of the like we were just talking mm-hmm. about it last night. Jen had like f- five different fucking releases. I think I've played two of them instead of all five, but it's it's basically the same. Thing. Right. Not so, quite, but like, I've played all of the major entries into it since then, and I'm. Very excited to learn about the world because, like I said, I've just never cared. It's very much a mash through dialogue and cutscenes because they don't they don't matter. <laughs> when you're playing the game, right? Also, Tyler just <clears throat> likes Rise because Gunlance is
0: shit everywhere else. No, I think Rise is a very good game, but I don't want to talk about that. It is. Um, that's that's not the point. I will give. Please continue. I will give a brief sort of um, synopsis of how the games come out. So. Uh, the history of Monster Hunter, there's a main title release. That's Monster Hunter 1, Monster Hunter 2. I guess it was Monster Hunter Tribe for some reason. And then uh, I think in the West, we got For You first. I don't think we ever got um, For or Cross. I think it was in Japan. Yeah, but I, think, um,
1: I believe that's true.
0: But uh, they do a main release and then they will sort of do a uh, spin-off or re-release of one of those games as a a new title. But they usually add in um, either G rank or master rank. Uh, They add in new flagship monsters. Oftentimes, I think in every game, they've had a completely new monster for you to fight um, or several. And uh, the story is a little bit different. That being said, I do have to lay some foundations about what Monster Hunter looks like now. So there are things that are not inherently explained within the games themselves. This is just something that you sort of pick up by consuming a lot of Monster Hunter content, uh, reading a lot about the games, playing the games, and then reading while you play, which is cringe, I will admit that. Um, True. But to start, the world is inhabited by monsters, and we see these in the forms of dragons and wyverns, beasts, bug monsters, leviathans, you know, you name it. Um And there's humans and wyverians, which are another race of humanoids, think of them as like elves, I suppose. They have pointed ears and they live for a I very knew long I hated time. Them for a reason. But, okay. Uh,
1: uh, uh, that aside, unironically, are they because one of the lore channels that I just found recently that I believe you've been listening to as well, it sounds like he is giving his videos from the perspective of being within the world.
0: So, yes, they the hunters that you play are humans in the same way that we're humans. You know, same okay. average life expectancy. Um, you know, I guess if you want to get into biology and everything like that, it's the same. Uh, They're Mm. just your people. And then there's also Wivarians, which are sort of like an ancient race um, that live for much longer than humans. Um, They're not often hunters. Uh, They, Because of their longer lifespans, they prefer uh, to do research or Mm. perfect a craft. And they come in so many different variations. I said elves because of the pointed ears, but they're also... They can be really short, or if you're talking about um his eminence, which is um uh a massively influential influential uh waverian, he's just also massive he's mass- he has a lot of power and he is very large and um because of the uh differences in sort of their physical appearance they just are kind of like the encompassing other fantasy races you have short ones you have tall ones you have massive hulking ones etc mm-hmm. that's what the Wyverians sort of they occupy that sort of fantasy element of like other races in the world um but in order for humans and Wyverians to survive in a world filled with monsters um these monsters oftentimes need to be dealt with. And that's where we get the guild. Now, the guild is a governing body when it comes to dealing with monsters. They employ hunters to solve the issues. Uh, you play in the game as these hunters and you receive quests from uh, usually the village or the town that you're in first and then the guild later. Um mm-hmm. I think most of our listeners know this already because most of them are our friends that we My played the game with. Um, yeah. But uh, something that I bet most of you didn't know is that outside of hunters or members of the guild, the lifestyle is very similar to a uh, more pre-industrial lifestyle that we experience here on earth. You, are in a city or a village and you carry out day-to-day jobs to uh, make a living and survive within your community. Um,
1: I'd say a, a lot of that is coming kind of from the idea of, like, the perspective that we're seeing in the games is a lot of them are out on some kind of a frontier or, like, an unexplored and, like, overall uninhabited area I'm sure you'll get into it a little bit, and I know a little bit of, like, the ancient world history. Yeah,
0: exactly. But I assume there's,
1: like, cities, it, like, full-functioning cities, but, like, you know, they're safe and locked down, and, like, that just be boring as fuck to, like, play a game, a mo- uh, specifically a Monster Hunter game within that area. So we're seeing the, like, frontier spaces of, like, hey, there is risk, there is danger here because if there isn't it's it's not going to be a fun game yeah and like they write the lore of it but like it's not what matters as much when you're exactly so fake genocide in a million monsters
0: you have villages which are usually on sort of like the outskirts of uh, i guess civilization um, and there's also different nations throughout the world uh, that mm. I don't want to talk about today because I don't want to just flood you with useless information from a podcast where you need you would need that visual reference to sort of um, place everything. But there's cities like yeah. Dondorma, which is um, the online hub from Monster Hunter 2, and that's actually the main headquarters of the Hunter's Guild. Um, okay. I think you also see it in Monster Hunter 4U. Um, yeah, it's I a, think
1: that's where G-rank quests take place. Like yes, it's
0: a large, like, city or kingdom. Um, and then there's something like, you know, Moga Village, which is from Try and Try You. Um, mm. There's, uh, what well, fuck, what is um, Selenia? Selenia is one of these outposts that I want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. where it is strictly there to launch guild operations out of. And the same can sort of be said for Astera, but Astera is um, shaping up to be like a large city in the new world. And I think that's um, kind of like what it's going to end up becoming. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- those both being the, <clears throat> two, the only two hubs that matter within Monster Hunter world.
0: Yeah. And... uh you know to to sort of get back on track here the people live in one of these cities or villages or towns um and uh most of the game that you play takes place in what is just generally called the frontier or the wilderness um mm-hmm. this is where the monsters live uh and this is where we go to hunt them um and like i said with uh selenia there are often guild outposts that are like sort of constructed in the frontier or the wilderness to launch hunters out of. And these areas are not, uh, places of civilization. they th- you can think of them as like a military base, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so in general, the guild protects people by having hunters set out and deal with the problems. There's also, um, Guardians, which just defend the cities. So, and some of those uh, really annoying sieges that uh, exist in the games yeah. where you have to prevent, you know, a massive monster from walking into a town and fucking it up, or like the rampages and rise. Um, typically, a guardian yeah. is going to be uh, like the common foot soldier that deals with those sieges. Uh, yeah, I
1: think we can both appreciate that i don't believe either of us have had to fight lao shen long you might have um, no, no i did no, yeah actually. freedom you unite did. yeah okay there was uh oh, that was freedom unite i thought it was before Freedom.
0: Unite. yeah okay. that was lao shen long and well, then in that there case was, i
1: apologize i've seen that fight it looks awful
0: there was also a siege of a giant um crab monster of some kind that i can't remember off the top of my head uh, that wore a skull of Lao Long. It might have just been a giant shogun hermitard that uh, just yeah. found a skull that was large enough for it to grow to that size, and mm-hmm. thus, you know, became that large. Um, but this is what the games take place in. There's an established guild. You're a hunter. There's rules that hunters follow, like you no know, poaching, etc. And um, all of the key quests and urgent quests that you do throughout the game canonically you only do them once as the hunter but in the gameplay you might repeat them to grind out a set or um uh you know get a weapon for that monster Um,
1: for fun if you like fighting that monster exactly
0: so at times it can feel like you're genociding the entire race of elder dragons because you've you know you just got your achievement for slaying like 50 kirin it's like how many are really in this area you know yeah but uh, you've only killed
1: we understand that in the meta narrative we've only killed one
0: precisely Uh, so that is how the world operates now and what I'm going to talk about next is how it came to be this way I'm going to share with you all the creation myth of the world of monster hunter uh where this information comes from is directly from uh uh the game um it's from monster hunter world and it's found in your player's home uh Mm -hmm. and so here's the tale of the five uh once there was a world without time the world was nothing but white light inhabited by people and five dragons. In that world, there was only eternity, and a sun that burned without beginning or end. And because there was only timeless eternity, nothing was ever lost, yet nothing was ever gained. One day, the people began to wonder why their world had no beginning or end, so they asked the dragons. The dragons opened their mouths as if to answer, but from their mouths poured water instead of words, It rushed out in streams to create the sky and the oceans, and the dragons swam away. The dragons swam to the center of the ocean, and there they began to transform into an island. One dragon sank into the sea and became the land. One dragon lifted its gaze to the sky and became the mountains. One dragon stooped low and became the lakes and scattered its scales to create the rain. One dragon fell into a deep slumber and became the forest. The last dragon climbed into the sky to become a star of sapphire blue shining brightly above the island. The people could not understand why the dragons had left or why they had transformed. Eventually, a lone youth decided to go to the island to seek the answers from the dragons themselves. He donned a simple cloak, climbed into the boat, and cast off alone into the murky seas. At last, guided by the sapphire star, he reached the island of the five. Some time passed, and the youth returned. Did you speak with the dragons? The people asked. Yes, I spoke with them, he replied.
1: Then tell us, why did
0: they create the island? But the youth did not answer. Instead, he reached into his cloak, and pulled out five dragon scales. Which he gave to the people. And then, before anyone realized, the youth had disappeared. The people left their white world and sailed across the ocean. Using the five scales, they created their own lands, their own mountains, their own lakes, and their own forest. Last of all, they created a bright moon so that the sapphire star, which guided the youth during his voyage to seek the dragons, would no longer shine alone in the sky. The land grew large enough to obscure the sun, and day and night were born. The mountains, lakes, and forests breathed together, and the seasons were born. The moon cast its light on the ocean, and waves were born, and thus time was also born. Swept up in the almighty current of time, the people came to know death, but the people also came to know life. Countless days and countless nights have passed since, first pe- since people first came to live on the lands they had created. As time passed, they lost the memory of the five dragons, and even the memory of how time itself had been born. But deep inside their hearts, there dwelt a quiet knowledge of the island of the five, the most sacred place in the world, which to this day sleeps in the middle of the ocean, uninhabited by people, and unchanged even by the relentless flow of time. So there it is. This is the beginning of the world, as the myth says, and... Humans built civilization out of it. Uh, But this is not the civilization that gave rise to the guild. Oh no, this is the civilization whose ruins you explore, loot, and uncover in the game. You see, this Mm -hmm. civilization fell to its own hubris when they sought to conquer nature. In this world, I deliberately left out that the balance with nature is something that is on the people to uphold. Uh it's a center theme of the games. Um and you see it in world with uh you know Nurgagante sort of interfering with uh mm-hmm. uh oh fuck, what is that massive one? Zora Magdros. Zora Magdurus, thank you. Yeah. Um and in Rise, uh you see it with Malzino who took on a uh, parasitic uh, infliction and disease to protect the land uh, surrounding the citadel from a slumbering elder dragon beneath. You see, the ancient civilization was greedy and ignored this balance that was on their shoulders to uphold. Uh, They used monsters' materials to craft more and more powerful weapons. Um, You see, they killed... Indiscriminately wiping out populations of monsters and dragons alike and using them to create powerful weapons or long-standing structures that are near indestructible. I don't know if you've played a game where you can go to the tower, Ian, um, but in any game where the tower is present, uh, I think it's in the second generation, you can mine at the tower and you can get ancient dragon scales. And those are actually the scales of Kushala um, Deora that they s- slayed to construct a near indestructible um, tower in that area. So this ancient civilization is killing elder dragons and wyverns in such mass numbers to sort of erect these monuments to their own uh, narcissism. This imbalance in nature uh, was not tolerated uh, for long, and the uh, final straw that broke the dragon's back, so to speak, was uh, this—you know—abomination, this destructive weapon known as the Wyvern Machine Soldier or the mm-hmm. Equal Dragon Weapon. Um, this was a living being that was made from uh, biological and artificial means, uh, and the cost to dragons was great. One of these weapons necessitated the death of 30 elder dragons. Uh, That exchange rate, combined with the greed and the desires for the ancient civilization to become all-powerful, simply could not stand in this world, and thus the Great Dragon War began. The dragons, sick of being cattle, began destroying everything they could. And the ancient civilization responded in kind. All of the civilization was wiped from the face of Earth, or the planet, I suppose. And uh, most of the dragon species were also taken out. The exact events of the war are unknown. There's no uh, historic or epic battles that we have tales of. Um We only see the ruins that are left and relics that we can find. Um, But there is a tale that is immortal and ever-present among the young children of the world. A song that is sung throughout the world. The legend of the Black Dragon was first revealed to us by a poet clad in red, uh someone that I want to talk about briefly in a future episode. But for now, he he being in-game, uh he's an in-game character, submitted uh this song to the hunting life section of Monster Hunter Freedom and Freedom Unite. There's basically a little tab where you can go through and get trivia and uh, you know, sort of uh some lore updates And in there, we have The Legend of the Black Dragon. That's pretty cool. I
1: didn't know that, actually. That's that's pretty nice that they have that in there for the people that want it.
0: Yeah. And uh, so this comes directly from uh, Freedom Unite and the Freedom Games. Um, So without further ado, here's the submission from the poet clad in red. Hasn't there been a song stuck in your head? A song sung by the children all across the land? A song with soul, sung diligently in the streets and in the alleys? What is that song? The legend of death? Death by a giant wyvern has been revived. It is the legend of the black dragon. Everyone should know it, as it is based on a famous fairy tale. However, I think the fact that everyone is singing this song is actually a sign. They say children are always first to foretell the changing of the world. They are said to have a special sense for these kind of things. I have gathered as much information as I could from the corners of this world, and I have told those who should be told. However, no one believes me. This is why I have begged for a few pages in Hunting Life to explain the legend to all who care to learn. The legend of the Black Dragon is said to exist everywhere, And while there are changes in the lyrics depending on location, the content of the song is the same. So please understand that the lyrics printed below are representative of the song as I know it. The lyrics may be different where you are located. And here are the lyrics that were published alongside this. When the world is full of wyverns, the legend is revived. Meat is eaten, bone is crunched, and blood is sucked up dry. He burns the earth and melts through iron. He boils the rivers and mows down trees. He awakens the winds and lights an inferno. He is called Fatalis, the wyvern of destiny. He is called Fatalis, the wyvern of destruction. Call for help, run for your lives, and don't forget to pray to the skies. He is called Fatalis, the wyvern of destiny. He is called Fatalis, the wyvern of destruction. Fatalis, Fatalis, heaven and earth are yours. Fatalis, Fatalis, heaven and earth are yours. But I think we'll leave off there. Um, As now all of the important foundations of the world have been laid out. uh, And I wish to expand on it for all of you, Ian and myself. Me and Ian truly love this series. And I think me and you have played through five games together. Maybe not all the way through, but we have played five different games together at this point. Uh, And while the gameplay is what always brings us back and opens our wallets, the world is just as captivating. This series is so amazing and so deep. If you want it to be or it can just be the best game to just sit there and you know play progress get stronger see bigger numbers um the mechanics are you know phenomenal um it's just it's just one of those games yeah but the reason why i wanted to talk about monster hunter is we're coming on uh we're coming up on uh twenty years of Monster Hunter next year. In March of next year, it will be twenty years since Monster Hunter 1 first released for the PlayStation 2. Uh and I've been playing for probably 12 years now. So it it didn't really uh sort of sink in how long I've been playing these games. And like you said, it's not I've been playing for twelve years straight. It's I have played this game at least once a year. Every twelve years, you know, I just I started reading more about it. I am getting really excited for the the next generation of the game to come out, um, because, like you said, every generation it gets just something about the game gets better for the player to to experience. The monsters are evolving into crazy mechanics and new things are added to the game constantly um they did title updates for rise for two years after it was released i think it came out in 21
1: i was under the impression they didn't they haven't stopped yet to be perfectly honest did they 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 officially they did
0: they stopped in march
1: okay i mean still that's a pretty long time so so it's been
0: seven it's been seven months since the title updates for rise have stopped uh which means that they're now full force full steam ahead on the next generation and i think we're going to get an announcement for it in march of next year uh and right now i literally cannot kick monster hunter from my brain so i'm going to be talking about it uh a lot and there's going to be more episodes to come so with that i want to say thank you for listening Um, All of the information that I've talked about today can be found on the Monster Hunter fandom website and also within the respective game that they pulled the information from. So everything that I've found is actually written down somewhere in the games. Um, Mm. And, uh, you know, I've also talked briefly. There's a ton of YouTubers that have really gotten me into this deep dive. Um, Oceaniz is one of them. Uh, I know recently, like two days ago, you stumbled across one of his videos.
1: He's the one that I spent most of yesterday listening to his uh, ecology series. Yeah, Yeah, his
0: ecology series are amazing. And then the forbidden episodes of his ecology series are outstanding storytelling. He literally just sinks himself in to the role of a hunter that sort of uh, picks up and goes through all of the uh urgent quests and sort of journals about it is how he formats it Mm, it's so cool and so well done so if you have seven hours to kill you should listen to the right uh the world one for sure and he also has about four hours of ecology on rise
1: yeah the only reason that i haven't personally listened to those already is because i know you're going to be talking about them and i wanted to have it fresh for when you talk about it as opposed to knowing all of the point not knowing all the points you're going to make but knowing what you're going to be talking about that's the only reason i haven't already listened to that seven hour think piece
0: so uh i think with that we're we're all set today um again thank you for listening but with that i've been ian and i'm always tyler and fatalis 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 heaven and earth are yours fatalis fatalis heaven and earth are yours
1: next week we're talking about uh runescape gfs how much they cost on average and are you overpaying